I want to do this, which once again, goes back to the addictive personality, goes back to full gas and anything I do. I was like, I'm I, like, I love this. I want to do this. Like I'm all the eggs are in this basket. What do I need? I need to cut out the partying. I need to get a coach. I need to make overall better life decisions. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Stoke podcast. My name is Quinn and that was Justin. Uh, Justin Martin is a professional marathon cross-country mountain biker. Uh, he is fast and he has dedication that, you know, is hard to find. You can't teach it. Um, this guy will spend literally four hours on his bike trainer just to build that aerobic capacity. Um, so it's pretty cool um, what Justin is doing. Uh, he's training to be an elite level professional athlete, also trying to create an amazing coaching platform which I have started and I have loved it he's just building my freaking capacity he's making me do two hours of like easy pedaling which is hard to do but I appreciate it and I know that it is gonna pay off but without further ado I just want to give you guys a few updates um, Verde Valley bicycle company is creating a bunch of cool events coming up for 2023. I've been honored to help out um, getting these events coordinated, um, just kind of by um, doing a bunch of design work and helping with creating uh, the courses and so forth. But uh, coming up on March 25th is the Verde Valley Rally. And this is going to be so cool. If you've ever ridden in Cottonwood, Arizona, um, at a place called Dead Horse, that's where the event's gonna take place. It's as if Moab, Utah, and Sedona made a baby. And that's what you'll be riding, 44 miles of single track. There's also going to be a 30-miler, 15, and a kid's race. So, you know, we've got plenty of options for everyone. Um, and then April 1st, we got a fun gravel group ride. So stay tuned with that. Um, kind of details are always shifting around based on just the course profile. Um, we had a, a GPX course and um, realized that it might not be so fun at the top just because it kind of got chunky. So on a gravel bike, it might be a little little much. So we're changing it up. Um, we have some few ideas, so just stay in tune for that. Um, but anyway, guys, you can find that in the show notes. I'll just put a link, but it's going to be verdevalleyrally.com. And you guys can just keep an eye on those events. Um, you can also find them on Bike Reg. Uh, so Verde Valley Rally on Bike Reg. And it should pop up if you just enter the category and filter the search to the southwest. Um, it'll be a little much. It'll be easier for you guys to just find that. Um, and you guys can choose your discipline if you want to get in the pain cave or if you just want to have a great day on the bike. All right, guys. Well, We'll dive into the episode. So just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, much appreciated. And as you're listening, think about when you first started riding the bike. Where were you? How did it feel? And, you know, appreciate where you are now because um, this story is pretty cool. We start where Justin began. And as we see where he is today, he's doing some amazing stuff. So you're on the right path. Keep rolling and keep the stoke. Keep stoking the fire. All right, here's Justin. Boom. Welcome to the Stoke Podcast. Today I got 
Jay Mart and Justin Martin um, on today. Uh, professional endurance cyclist, uh, racer. He's he's mean fast. Um, he's got some really cool stuff going on. So, hey, thanks for joining, Justin. Yeah, thanks for having me on board, man. I uh, feel like it's it's pretty fitting, uh, you know, with your Stoke podcast, uh, new baby, and my Stoke house coaching, uh, new baby. Yeah, just a couple humans that are just trying to spread as much Stoke out to the universe as uh, as possible. And so, yeah, dude, it's uh, it's really cool. I'm uh, I'm stoked to be on. Uh, feel like that word's pretty fitting. Um, but yeah, gravel, uh, mountain biker. Um, essentially uh, off-road racer is what you were kind of titled these days, you know, yep. uh, which is, which is cool. You know, I, I dig the drop bar stuff, uh, you know, as much as I dig the the mountain bike stuff, but yeah, a little bit about, about uh, J-Mart is um, from Houston, Texas, uh, born essentially in a motorcycle dealership. My dad started uh, what was known as, or what is still known as Honda of Houston, which is a, um, very prestigious Honda only motorcycle dealership created in 1994. And so, yeah, born in 91, uh, we little pup dad put me on a dirt bike at uh, age of two and a half. And, uh, that's kind of what started my, my life behind bars, uh, so to speak, you know? And, uh, yeah, we, I, we, I spent my entire childhood, uh, you know, traveling in an 18 wheeler, um, you know, to and fro, uh, races across the country with my dad and our, uh, amateur Honda motocross race team. Um, our rate, our shop was actually American Honda's like satellite, like their fed amateur program, you know, which was pretty rad. Like my dad and, and a few others, uh, Sean Martin, uh, they, uh, they helped create a brand and create a presence that was world known, which is, which is really rad, you know, which, um, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for, and I wouldn't trade my upbringing for, for anything, you know, but yeah, that was my life, man, was racing a dirt bike, uh, across the country. Um, things got serious with that stuff when I was like 13, 14, like if you ask my dad, like when I was first going to the races, going to the track, like I just wanted the snow cones, man. Like I just, just wanted to get that snow cone, like, yeah, riding and racing was cool, whatever, but just like playing in the dirt, um, making little toy motocross tracks with the boy, with the buddies and, and eating a snow cone just was, was what I was all about. But, uh, things got a bit more serious as I got into like my early teenage years and, uh, yeah, dad and I went full, full bore in it. I collected a few amateur titles in 2007. Um, I went to what's called Loretta Lynn's in 2007, which is a, uh, with the most pre prestigious amateur motocross national, uh, in, in, in the country, you know? Uh, you qualify for it. It's 40 of the best kids in that in your class in the country, you know. So, yeah, I had some some really good motocross success and thought I was going to be a, a pro uh, motocross racer. Um, on the on the on the back end side, like mom was really uh, putting her foot down and, and she she put me through really good schooling, really good education. Um, been went to private school uh, from like preschool through high school. So like all the kids that I hung out with on the on the moto side of my life, like most of them were all homeschooled, you know, like they eat, sleep, breathe moto, which you you kind of had to if you wanted to make it in that uh, in that kind of sport, you know, um, mom obviously wanted me to, to live the traditional kind of life. Uh, I experienced many, many injuries at a very, very young age. Um I broke my tib fib when I was in, uh, in first grade. And I think that kind of just kind of set it off from there. Um, broke, 
both my collarbones in, in fifth grade, uh, multiple, you know, legs and wrists through in the, you know, junior high into high school. So obviously mom saw the the really negative side and, and um, my dad and I, all we could focus on was getting back out onto the track, you know, after, after kind of getting hurt. So mom wanted me to do the normal thing, which uh, obviously hindsight's 2020. And so, yeah, I'm glad she, she made me do that. Um, I, um, uh, I did the private school route. Um, and so, yeah, when I thought I was going to go, or when I went pro in, in moto, I was young, I was 16, you know, or 17, uh, kind of my last swing at it before I went to college. And, um, and then, yeah, and that was 09 and the moto racing kind of stopped and, and I went to college and, uh, had a lot of fun. And, uh, in four years, I will say though, like, um, you know, like the kind of personality that you acquire, you, that you kind of mold and shape from doing extreme sports or doing like individual sports, you know, where there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of stake or then, or there's a lot of like risk, um, as far as like injury, even death is kind of concerned, you know, you, 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 you end up having a different personality in my opinion than, than. I, I say average, right? What is average? But then like a, a, a normal kind of a human, right? And so when I got to college, like, um, like, I didn't know what to do with all of this energy, you know, like I, um, I didn't do anything in, in high school, like in terms of like party, I didn't party at all. Like I, I was a wild kid, like, but like, I just was, uh, I was just racing and riding moto and like that, that like being the best, you know, version of myself and like, yeah, like the, the partying things wasn't even on my spectrum. Like as a, as a typical high schooler, you know, it would, it would kind of experience. And so when I got to college and I didn't have a moto with me, I didn't have any, you know, like any kind of outlet at that point, you know, I was like, well, huh okay what does everyone else do and then that's that's when that's when your boy found found partying you know and and um do i regret it and i mean you know no no because i mean like uh, i i truly believe the life experiences that um that i deal with and that i experience and i go through are designed to mold and shape my perspective for the better for the future you know um but um but yeah, man, like I, uh, I, I experienced, I went through the whole college thing as like a normal college kid, you know, like I, 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 I enjoyed school. I enjoyed writing. And so, uh, going to class was never an issue for, for me or getting the work done was never an issue, but outside of that, man, your boy was, uh, and I was in Austin, Texas, you know, like one of the biggest, like, um, you know, college towns in the, in the country. And, uh, and yeah, I got a lot of experience, uh, so to speak, um, it, oh, almost a semester early. Uh, I was about six hours, elective hours short. Um, and then that brought me back down to, to Houston, Texas. Uh, that was uh, uh, t- beginning of 2013. Um, I was back down in Texas and and dad still had the motorcycle dealership. And, you know, I, I the whole time I was in college, I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to run the motorcycle shop. That's that's what I'm going to do. You know, that's what I'm destined to do. Like, it's like, um, it's just, it is what it is. And to be honest, like, yeah, at the time I thought that was my destiny, like where my dad was at with the business, like, you know, you, 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 parts of your life you think are, will never, ever change. Right. You know, especially as a young kid, you're like, my parents will be together forever. Or like this one thing will be the exact thing forever. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that eventually kind of changes, you know, sometimes for the better, right. Sometimes for the worse. 
Um, but yeah, so I graduated college and I got down in the motorcycle shop and, and, um, and I started running, uh, the finance department, um, doing finance and then selling insurance, uh, because I wanted to make as much money as I possibly could, you know, a kid fresh out of college was like super hungry to, uh, to put the suit and tie on, so to speak, you know, and, and hustle and grind and, and whatever. And I was, uh, I still haven't touched, still at that point hadn't touched a bicycle, you know, and I, um, I was riding moto and my college habits, my college, you know, uh, extracurricular activities, the partying was still trickling over, uh, post-college, you know, 21, 22, you know, just still trying to <laughs> pinball your way through life, kind of figuring it out. And so, yeah, I was doing this, doing the insurance and doing the, uh, motorcycle or the finance, uh, gig at the motorcycle shop. And, um, things were getting a little different at the shop. You know, my dad had been treading water for years, to be honest, you know, like, um, you know, we built a, we built a $5 million building in 2004, 2003, like when the, the economy was booming, like motorcycle sales were booming. Dad was doing a million dollars a month, you know, like easy. And so, you know, he just got, he, he just got, they just got excited and he just got a little overzealous on the build and uh, built a really bitchin' building. You know, like I said, $5 million building, <clears throat> had a dyno in the, in the warehouse. We had uh, a big area out back to test uh, UTVs, you know, uh, four wheelers, you know, you had a mock like trail system, rock gardens, like dude, it was, uh, and then the, the high density area in the main building, um, we had a way to test watercraft, like jet skis and shit. Like it was, dude, I mean the building, uh, it's actually, yeah, it's, it's, it's on my chest. Uh, oh, that's, yeah. that's my dad's motorcycle building, you know? Yeah. And so, um, it, you know, he'd been treading water and just been faking it, you know, and robbing Peter to pay Paul, you know, type of thing uh, in terms of trying to to keep the business afloat. And, um, you know, obviously that weird uh, heavily on on his overall health and mental well-being, as well as like my, you know, my family's uh, his relationship with my mom. Uh, that sort of thing. And so uh, I could tell the ground was getting kind of shaky. And um, and how old were you at the time? Uh, that was, uh, that was 2013, uh, you know, cause I had just gotten back. So, cause I started the insurance agency in 2014. Yeah, dude. So yeah, I mean, I was 22. Yeah. That's young. 20, yeah. 22, you know? And so like my whole world was kind of shaking. Cause like my dad was trying to find someone to buy the shop, but then, you know, he was trying to still stay involved, but he was also trying to hold out for like a gajillion dollar deal, which wasn't probably gonna happen but like could happen and like i totally understand because like you know he, he created this freaking gym you know he, he he truly truly did like you know you had people outside of the united states that were buying our graphics for our race team you know what i'm saying like we had a presence that was that you know that he he helped create and so like you know, he, the value, you know, more than money, like what he put on this, on his baby, like I totally get, you know? And so that's why he was really just holding off, you know, but like at that time, um, I really started, I was like, man, like, you know, if I try to ride out this ship with my dad and it sinks, you know, and then I'm sunk with him, you know what I'm saying? And like, and I was like, then both of our family's livelihood is, is, is tanked, you know? And, and this was pre my wife. I hadn't met Lauren just quite yet. Yeah. You know? And, but even for myself, I was like, dude, like, um, 
I don't know. And so having the insurance license, I was like, okay, cool. I'm selling something that everyone needs. Right. I was like, everyone needs insurance. And I was like, I, I, I enjoy sales. Sales is, sales is my, is my jam. And all I have to do is, is sell myself, which I, I am, I'm fairly, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at, you know? And so that, that led me to finding an investor, um, and, uh, create an all state insurance, uh, agency, uh, that went live, uh, December 1st of 2013. Once again, 22 years old. Um, I, I, I spent like two months, like in, uh, education anywhere from Dallas, uh, Texas to Chicago, you know, and I was the youngest kid in there. There was definitely some younger entrepreneurs, you know, that would like, you know, if I was 22, they were like late twenties, you know, maybe early thirties, but everyone else was like well-established in their working career, like former Charles Schwab, like business execs, you know, like whatever they come from, you know? And so I was just young, hungry and, and wanted to make a lot of money. And so and it was, was a motive. Yeah. Was that the motive? Yeah. Like just, that, that was it, dude. That will, yes that was primary motive was like like oh shit i don't know what's happening at the motorcycle shop you know i don't know where this is gonna go like and i dude like the shit that my dad was telling me like you know like him venting the shit that he was you know mentally kind of going through like the shit that i had to to materialize and metabolize and eat at a very very young age you know like um yeah like it i was like dude i there i as sick as having a motorcycle shop is like, and how rad the highs were, I was like, dude, those lows, like, man, I, I like, I, I don't, I don't think I can have much, you know, I don't have much bandwidth to be a part of that, you know, at least at that, that point. And so, yeah, I, I dipped and obviously I did want to make a shitload of money. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you get out of college and you're, you're like, cool. You know, you, you immediately expect you're, you're supposed to have the big bankroll, the big, the, I wanted a new truck and I wanted this and I wanted that. And I wanted the watch and I wanted the clothes. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a big learning curve. You know, I was pinned. Um, I was essentially doing the agency solo. Like I had one licensed sales producer that was helping me. And obviously I had my mentor that was, um, that was, that was, that was obviously, uh, providing a lot of, uh, backbone and, and support for me. But, um, yeah, dude, it was it was a trip being in that environment. Um, you know, at such a young age, you immediately assume that all these older people that have more experience and and wisdom should know everything or know more than you. And you you begin to realize that a, a lot a lot of people are really just faking it just as much as the next guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter yeah. what title they have behind their name, like, and I and I don't mean like everyone just fakes it, but I mean you, you know, uh, to put it loosely, like you just kind of get good at just kind of like swinging for it, you know, and, and obviously you get smarter and you learn tools and you learn knowledge and stuff. But at the end of the day, dude, a lot, a lot of, a lot of people that you think got it all dialed and figured out or are really are still, you know, have some element of, of just kind of winging it, you know? So yeah, the insurance thing was, was wild, but my happiness dude was just through the floor, you know, and I was still like partying my ass off, you know, and, quality of life was just dipping you know like i just didn't have very good balance was it like it, um, partying it, in on the weekends or like you know yeah, Tuesday yeah, night yeah. Go well i mean partying on the weekends for sure but i mean like yeah dude i don't know like i i thought like having like three to four bud lights every every night after work was like normal you know what i'm saying like oh yeah i my roommate uh and i uh um 
So I moved back to to my house. I was only at my parents' house for two months because I was like, dude, I can't do this. Like I got like I just you know from being in college, being away, I was like, I gotta have my own space. But I didn't have no money. Uh, but so I was working at the motorcycle shop. I had one of my best friends, Hunter, also working at the motorcycle shop. I was like, yo, dude, like I know you're broke, I'm broke, but if we put our broke money together, I think we can get an apartment. And so we got an apartment together, no cable, uh, no internet, you know, just a roof, obviously furniture, and and then you know, a Bluetooth speaker and vibes. And that was it, you know. And 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 uh and so yeah, dude, like um you know, the, the booze every, every evening was like, yeah, but I mean, also no excuse, but I mean, also that's how I was raised, you know, like that's all that I've ever seen and known, you know, I was just like, yeah, I mean, that's just what, what you do, you know, kind of a thing, but yeah. And then obviously the party and I was, uh, I was, a I was a raver baby, my friend. I, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh nine dude. Like when I went to college, like, I feel like that's when the scene was like, it for our generation was really starting to put to move and groove you know and all the kids i went to college with they're like yo we we dig electronic music and and we like going to shows and so i started doing that and that was super cool you know like um and, and you know you create really cool relationships and friendships and and really rad experiences and i saw some really rad djs and and got to got to go to some cool places but uh and that's that was my moto you know what i'm saying like that was my racing like that was giving me adrenaline that was giving me an outlet you know what i'm saying like um that's how i was able to like you know to to feel like i was normal so to speak you know what i'm saying that it's just like the outlet that you have from riding a dirt bike or riding a bicycle or, or anything in that kind of extreme world is just like huge. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it is a drug, the older, yeah, it, it is, you know, the endorphin, 100%. like it, it is a drug and yeah. And it's what I chase now, you know what I'm saying? And so like, um, yeah. So the insurance thing, I was making a lot of money. I was partying. Um, I, that's, that's when I met, uh, I met Lauren, uh, my wife. I actually, this is pre, this is pre, uh, what are the tender? Yeah. This is pre the swipe days. Oh this, yeah. Uh, I hit her up on, uh, I hit her up on Twitter. Uh, Whoa. DMs on Twitter, dude. <laughs> oh, That's no like way. sliding in the DMs on Twitter was just right after sliding into the messages on MySpace. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's pretty OG shit right there. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, dude. So like I hit up, uh, Lauren cause I saw she was going to this music festival in Houston. And, uh, I was like, well, maybe we'll run into each other, yada, yada, yada. I never got her phone number or nothing. And then like, as soon as we got there five minutes in, like, um, I saw her and she looked at me and she, it was a Halloween costume and homegirl was poison Ivy. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, yo, I seen you on the computer, dude. And she looked at me, like, yep, right here. She's like, are you Jmart? And at the time my Twitter handle was Jmart Inc. And she's like, are you Jmart Inc? And I'm like, yep. And she's like, oh, hey. And then, uh, yeah, she, we, she, I, she uh, introduces herself. That was really it. You know, she, we were on the same kind of like party, you know, like scene vibe or whatever. So she, uh, yeah, she dipped as soon as I kind of said, what up? She was like, all right, see you later. And I was like, okay, see you later. I guess I'll never probably ever see you again. And we ended up hanging out a, a month or so, a couple months after that. And you know, I didn't, I didn't kiss her on the first time we really hung out. And I think that just kind of sealed the deal. So like gentlemen, uh, ladies, everyone knows the other person always wants what they can't have. So, uh, yes. you know, don't, uh, so true. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't kiss them on the first, uh, on the first date. And, and who knows, you might be with them, uh, nine and a half years later. Um, but yeah, dude, so that takes me to 
Oh, it takes me to like 20, 2015. Yeah, 2015. Uh, was kind of like certain Lauren and I, like, so we'd been together for about a year and like, I was like, Hey, maybe we should like slow down like the party and stuff, you know, like, Hey, may maybe on these, when we go to these shows and stuff, maybe we just like chill, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we just like be normal and we don't have to like, uh, turn the knob up a, a level or two, you know what I'm saying? And she was like, okay, cool. And so, yeah, we, we both kind of got on the same kind of mental headspace that we kind of wanted to, um start to close that chapter and and progress and move forward which i was really stoked dude because to be honest like in like you know i dated a girl for like two and a half years in college i thought i was gonna marry her i gave her a promise ring she was the first girl i said i loved the first girl i like ever because i like dude i didn't date you know what i'm saying like i just like bouncy 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 you know like, i just <laughs> yeah. a young kid dude i was just like i was riding dirt bikes man i just wanted to pin it you know and like I dated one chick and I was like, oh my gosh, I love you. And like, she made me crazy. And, uh, and so after we split like, uh, my junior year, like, dude, I was full bore with the party stuff. And I, I truly didn't know, like, if I was going to, I was like, I don't know how I'll ever be able to go to like out to like a bar or to a show and not like turn that knob up a degree or two. Well, you know? it's, it's full throttle. It's that's it. It's, that's... it's full gas or nothing. Yeah. And that's how I obviously like, yeah why I do what I do with this, this shit, you know what I'm saying? Cause like, and I listen to podcasts and, you know, I, I, you know, and I look at my dad and like, now to kind of jump around a bit, but yeah, dude, it's uh it's, it's full gas or nothing. When you have an addictive personality or you have addiction in your life, you know, whether it's personally or family or whatever, like you're always going to have that, you know what I'm saying? You will. And you just have to, you have to find something and pick something that is healthy and that is beneficial to your life. Um, and that is not destructive, you know? And so, yeah, back to, uh, end of, uh, into 2015, um, we, we kind of mellowed out on the whole rave scene on the whole party scene. And I, um, uh, I picked up a bicycle. Um, I had a bunch of buddies there that was at the motorcycle shop that were riding bicycles and everyone was riding freaking, uh, salsa El Mariachi's, uh, single speeds. Um, and, uh, hold on. I just got a phone call here. I don't know where it just zapped you brother. You got a triple finger swipe. Yeah. Where? Oh, there we go. There we go. I know uh, it happened to me the other day. <laughs> technology, technology. Uh, oh yeah. So everyone is riding salsa, um, El Mariachi single speeds, which is a full rigid single speed. And so I went into the local bike shop, shout out to West End um my my home like when I first started this bicycle journey and I was like I guess I want a salsa single speed and so <laughs> I got a full ridge of single speed and I like I started riding that dude and I look back on my Strava from like 2015 dude and like doing 45 minutes of swing like nine miles like you know like four hours a week or whatever uh, you know it's 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 funny to 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 look back on that but yeah I, I started to find love in like uh exercise again you know and like treating my body like a temple again and um and and just just having a uh, a better overall quality of life like was I completely completely done with the parting no no at that point I was just like tapering you know what I'm saying I was just trying to like figure out like all right, like, am I, am I able to leave this chapter behind? You know what I'm saying? Cause I was, I was hanging out with some guys that had introduced me to that stuff. And in the moto world, like in this, you, you know, you, hanging out with older kids is so normal. Cause like, I mean, dude, you're in like hanging out with younger kids is so normal. Cause like, 
dude, you're taking a uh, life and death when you're behind that set of handlebars, you know what I'm saying? And so like an age, it, it yes, it, you, you know, you have a young kid, you have an older guy, but you share an experience. This is just different. You know what I'm saying? And so like, it was so normal to hang out with kids that were five years older than me, you know, and hanging out with young little groms that were five years younger than me, you know what I'm saying? And so when you hang out with the older kids, they hit the burnout. It is, you know, because once wait, again, wait. Full- uh, it, it, it paused out. So the older kids, they hit the burnout, like what? Yeah. So like the, uh, the old, are we good? Okay. No, I hit me. Okay, cool. Um, no. So like the older kids, like they hit the burnout first, you know what I'm saying? They hit the party scene first. And so like, as I started getting to that same kind of like, okay, I'm not going to be racing a moto my entire life. Like now I'm going to college. Like they're like, cool. So this is what we're doing. Like we're going to the clubs, you know, a couple of times a week. Like we've got bottles, you know, we've got the sections, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't wait in no line. Like I had a couple guys like, yeah, once again, like if you do anything, you go full gas. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, we're not doing no cat three. Like we're going straight open pro to this type shit. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, like we had, I had buddies that had the resources that like, we, we just, yeah, as, as, as lame as it sounds, like we, we, we looked like baller. I was no baller by any means. Like, uh, you know, knew the right people so to speak but yeah regardless um um uh i don't even know where i was really going with that but uh the partying shit dude that's that was uh what we were doing still in 2015 but i picked up the single speed and uh i started uh started riding bicycles and then i all of a sudden like into 2015 like i was like dude i think i i want to race something again you know and and so i picked up a um a, my first specialized uh, which was uh, an epic, uh, epic World Cup elite, I think it was, uh, 2016. So that would have been the beginning of 2016. And I was like, cool, yep, I'm gonna, I'm gonna race bicycles, you know, because I started finding, uh, I found Strava, you know, like well, at least like chasing trophies and shit. And so I was like, okay, cool, like comms, like all right, I'm about this, I, I, I like this. And so I was like, cool, I'm gonna start racing the local uh, cross or the Texas cross country series. Um, I ended up breaking my collarbone, uh, before the series started, uh, on the bicycle, on the bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. I got a nice little, nice little lip there. Yeah. So anyone that says like, uh, bicycles are safer than moto, like give me a, give me a damn unicycle. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm, I can probably push it to its limit and and shit can get a little sideways, but yeah. So I broke the (laughs) collarbone and, and I had to hit reset and then, um, 2016 though I hit the spring series full bore uh for the Texas cross country series and I raced cat too um uh just because I never raced a bicycle before you know I figured it'd be a good place to start and uh what had no structure as far as training I was like well I'll just ride my bicycle 100 miles a week you know I thought that was like a good like like gauge you know in terms of volume or whatever you know (laughs) just really you just need consistency when you get rolling and um and so I want everything in the cat two stuff. Like, you know, I, you know, like I just, I, I did, I had another moto buddy of mine, Cody Haverfield. Like I was just riding more bicycles during the week. He was just still riding some more moto, but I was like dragging him out to the races and him and I like, um, yeah, we, 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 we didn't take the training serious. Like we were still partying a little bit and then we'd go race these bicycles on the weekend and just like clean up, you know? And so that was cool, like uh, being a big fish in a small pond on the cat two stuff. And um, 
that was uh that was 20 2016 and so end of 2016 i had wrapped up the state title or end of the state series in 2016 i had wrapped up the cat 2 like state title or whatever and so for the final race i i uh, for the right final race weekend it was a double header on the saturday i raced cat 1 and i ended up winning that by like 2 minutes and so then on sunday i raced the pro open category which at the time, dude, like Texas and Texas still has hitters. Uh, but like uh, at the time, like Carson and Braden Lang, okay, Braden on fire. Braden, I love that kid to death. Carson, those two brothers, I'd take a bullet for those kids. Uh, but Braden, you know, won one of the lifetime events. Like, shh, okay, all right, all right. Yep. Uh, Carson it could, is good at whatever he wants to do. Like Carson, it, all the Lang brothers are good at what they want to do. But Texas Racing had both the Lang brothers. It had Tristan Yule. Uh, Tristan Yule was a uh, factory giant guy. Tristan Yule is a, a legend in uh, the mountain biking world. Uh, won, I think, a stage or two at BC Bike Race and or podium BC Bike Race, you know. Um, so anyways, it was stacked. I got smoked. I mean, smoked. I was like seventh, which like, I mean, the field was pretty, pretty stacked for a Texas XC race, you know, but I was like seventh minutes off of those guys. And I was, that's when I was like, oh shit. Okay. Like, I, cause I was like, yo, I raced moto. Like I had coaches in moto. I was like, dude, you guys, this is a dumb little bicycle. Like, dude, I, I muscle around a 225 pound machine. Like I, I know I'm, 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 I'm good. You know, I, I got this shit figured I, out. I just sweeped cat twos. Yeah. I just won a cat one. You guys are, you're in for one. <laughs> so I got served some humble pie and I was like, all right. Um, I, if I want to do this, which once again, goes back to the addictive personality goes back to full gas and anything I do. I was like, I'm going to, I like, I love this. I want to do this. Like I'm, all the eggs are in this basket. What do I need? I need to cut out the partying. I need to get a coach. I need to make overall better life decisions. So, um, I ended up, uh, I ended up going to, I went to college with, uh, Payson McKelvin's ex-girlfriend. Um, and, uh, she had hit me up at one point in time when I was doing, being a cat two hero. And she was like, Hey, Payson's coaching, yada, yada. I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm winning this shit. You obviously, I don't need a coach. I'm, I'm good, you know? So I hit her back up and I hit Payson up. And so I was, uh, I started working with Payson, who Payson was under the Williams Racing Academy umbrella, which I was mm-hmm. also under the Williams Racing Academy umbrella. Um, they've been around for a while. Uh, they're, they're known for, for some, some, some great results in terms of developing athletes um, for a long and, time. And they work really well with athletes too. Yep. and their needs which is really cool yep 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 so uh christian williams runs point on that program um and so yeah it uh it, it was really it was it was great working with payson and christian i worked with them from yeah 2016 until i moved here uh to to colorado in in 2018 but yeah dude i was full bore with the cycling stuff you know i um yeah it was cycling it was it was bikes and and then getting tattooed really like i uh I was able to kind of like really break away and, and simmer and slow the roll with the, with the partying stuff. Like, um, you know, yes, Lauren and I would, w- would go out here and there, you know, but, um, nowhere near as much of it. It wasn't a sport, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, it was in, in the past or whatever. And so, um, priorities started shifting and, uh, and so, yeah, that takes us into 2017. I, I elected to skip cat one, which, 
could I race cat one? Yeah, dude, I definitely could have raced cat one and just cleaned up, you know, would that have, and I don't know, like I could have raced cat one. I could have stayed in age group, raced age group at nationals. Cause I only raced one age group national and that was in, uh, that was in 2017, you know? So I, cause I didn't have my UCI, I didn't have my pro card at that time. You know, I was, I was USAC pro, but, uh, you needed your UCI license to race, to race elite at nationals, you know? So I had to race age group. Um, so I was second in the pro series or in the pro category in the state series behind Tristan. Uh, and then I went into age group, uh, to do age group at nationals at, uh, wet in West Virginia. It's a mutter. Um, Lauren and I got, I asked Lauren to marry me on the way up there. That was super cool. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I, uh, I kind of got, in my opinion, I kind of got smoked. Cause I, you know, I was like, yo, I'm going to win this shit, you know, but obviously like there's guys that ride age group that had been in age group that should be racing pro, you know, but they want to collect those podiums, you know, they want to collect that Jersey because for whatever reason, like it's in so different in moto, like in moto, like if you have a pro right, like if a, if a racing body, like a, you said, they give you a pro category, like I am like, you're not racing intermediate any you're not racing anything other than that you know what i'm saying and so it is interesting to me that you can you can have a pro category or you can race these pro open races but then also go when it comes to usac it's still and still maintain a cat one license you know what i'm saying like you know so what you end up having is what what i call a sandbagger you know what i'm saying you, you've got someone that just will will sit in that class and just collect your trophy and collect your your jersey or whatever um, and this is no stab at anyone else. Like I, I completely, I can, can see totally. where you, you, you want to go, dude. Like I get it, dude. Like have that glory. Like if that makes you feel fulfilled, you know what I'm saying? Like that's rad, dude. Like I felt like I achieved that in, in cat two, I, you know what I'm saying? And then I won the state title in 2018. You know what I'm saying? I, I won a lot of races in Texas. And so I was like, there's no way I'm going to race cat one anymore, you know? So like in 2018, I applied for my UCI license and I got it, you know? And so I was like, cool. So like, I'm pro like, and the way my head was, is I was like, I have no idea how long this racing window is. I got into racing bicycles when I was 25, 26 years old. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I want to try to maximize this time that I have. How can I do that? Well, I have a leg up from coming from moto. I have a skill set that you can't, it's you, you, you can't teach it. You know what I'm saying? And um, and, and I, so what can you teach me? You can teach me fitness and you can build me an engine, you know? And then what can I then also add in there is discipline and work ethic and an addiction to the process, which you can't teach as well. You right. know, like right. exactly. those are things it's, that you're just, yeah, it's, it's, you, you have to learn it, you know, this level of discipline sitting on the, on, on the trainer the other day for four hours. Like, like I told you, like it, no one can teach you this level of discipline. You know, you can yeah. be led to the pond, but you know, you, you can't, you can't make the horse drink the water. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to learn and you have to find this level of discipline, um, internally. Um, and so, uh, I, I, in order for me to maximize my, my racing window, I was like, I am going to, race with the baddest dudes, race with the, the most fit humans and, and surround myself with these guys, because in theory, you know, uh, it'll, it'll move me forward quicker, you know, versus me just, you know, staying in cat one or, 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 or cherry picking some of these races instead of just going and getting my teeth kicked in. Mm -hmm. Granted, like, 
it's a balance, right? Because going in and just getting absolutely smashed over and over and over again, it's not going to be good for the mental. You've got to have some wins in there, you know, and you've got to have some perspective and know that you're playing the, the, the kind of long game, so to speak, you know, but, but regardless, this is, it's my journey. This is how I wanted to do it. And, and to circle back, like if you're still, if you're, you're fast and, and you're still, you know, in cat one still like doing pro, what, like sick dude, full sick. Yeah. Um, but I've really enjoyed, you know, lining up with the best dudes, you know, like, I, I, I wanted to do this in moto. Like I want to do this in the bicycle stuff. You know, I think for me, there's more glory lining up with the Cole Pattons, with the, with the Bradens, with the Kabushes, with the Paysons, with the, all these dudes and getting 29th or at Sea Otter or 20th or, or 21st at, you know, Oz, like, there's more glory the to me in that banging bars throwing blows uh, in 15th place in the elite field than it is like being off the front in in the cat one field. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, so it's you're you're basically saying it's better to be the shit of the kings than the king of the shits, and that's that's a good mentality to have. I mean, um, and it's funny in the cycling world too. Uh, firecracker. I was uh-huh. originally signed up for expert 20 to 29 uh-huh. and we got there and Kenzie, my fiance, she goes, well, why aren't you racing pro? And uh, this was my first year racing, like literally first year ever racing a bike. Uh-huh. I was like, hmm, I don't, can you? She's like, uh-huh. go ask. So I like went up to the, you know, registration yeah, desk yeah, and yeah, said, yeah. Hey, can I change my category? She's like, to what? Like pro, sure. <laughs> I was like blown away. I said, it's that uh-huh. easy. She's like, yeah. If you have the balls to go, tell me you want to race pro, go for it. But good luck. Do not stop. The children. <laughs> She's like, woo woo, yeah yeah. <laughs> Luna, stop. Um, but anyway, so yeah, she lets you sign up for pro. Yeah, let me sign up for pro. Signed up with the Paysons. Signed up with you know the Dave Weens mm-hmm. and uh. Yeah, totally got my my shit rocked, you know, like um, I placed pretty good. I mean, with people who, you know, were taking top 10 in nationals and I was like, whoa, okay. I think I took I was I was definitely at the lower because I was new, you know, but the whole goal was, well, no, I'm done with if I'm going to do this and I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket. No, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Dude. Yo. Uh the dog is, is getting super stoked right now. Um, and for everyone who's listening, it's, um, the cycling world, it it can be super rewarding to be able to sign up for anything you really want. But going back to, you know, putting eggs in one basket, like it's, that's my mentality too. And I love, I love hearing your backstory on everything, like the partying, I was there mm-hmm. um, and you were moto and mm-hmm. I was hockey mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've ever been around many hockey players. Oh yeah, dude. I work with, I work with a handful of hockey guys. They're oh yeah. Buds, it's a whole, it's a, it's a lifestyle, you know, yeah. and, and like it's full sand once you get on the ice um, and if someone drops their gloves, you're going to punch someone in the face. Like, that's just how it was. It was uh-huh. like, if someone drops the gloves and calls you out, you better drop your gloves and, and 
you know, punch them back because they're going to oh. punch you in the face, whether you want, want it or not, like you're going to get punched in the face. So, um, and the partying scene in the hockey world too was, I mean, we'd get done with games, you know, and I was 17, 18. That's when I started, you know, I didn't, I didn't party in high school, but 17, 18, when I left to go play junior hockey, it was like, Oh, Whoa, this is what you guys do. Yeah. This is fun. So I get yeah. to go play hockey and somehow, at an 18 year old body, you know, you could drink oh, way dude. too much and then wake up the next day and be I like, feel cool. amazing. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I got practice at 6 a.m. and uh, weights Sounds good. at eight. Yeah. No problem. We'll get back to it at 7 p.m. the following. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's a repetitive uh, schedule and it's an addictive personality I come from as well. It's like cycling. I also picked up a single speed for the first time. That was my first bike. So it's nice. funny to hear your story yeah, coming dude. into this. It's like, I've, I've been there. And um, so, yeah. Um, and I just kind of want to backtrack, like in college, mm-hmm. did you have any sort of, um, physical training that you did? Uh, like, cause moto was kind of coming out of your life. You were in college and you started picking up, you know, the party so scene. I, um, I, uh, I, oh yeah, yeah. I was big, big, big gym guy, big gym yeah? guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So my freshman year of college, I didn't have my truck. Oh I got my truck the second semester. <clears throat> so I didn't, um, I didn't have my moto until I was able to get my moto to college my sophomore year. Um, but it's, it, it was like, I kept it at a facility that was over an hour away. So, but I was still riding. I was able to swing moto, like maybe a couple times a month, but primary outlet was partying and then like a big gym guy you know like oh, I was hanging out with a bunch of kids that like did normal things in high school you know so like lifted like that you know and so uh yeah and I'm I'm always been super skinny I think I'll forever be super skinny but um I definitely wasn't as lean uh as I am you know now uh you know from what the cycling's done and so I wanted to gain weight you know and so um yeah I was trying to try to you know be big gym guy guy um and then rode some moto uh, here and there i did have a bicycle with me i had my uh one of my one of my bikes with me but dude like it uh i think the only time i would really ride that thing is when i needed to like sweat out some of the freaking keystone that i drank the night before <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> really like hangovers that. hangovers started hitting it's like oh gosh mm-hmm. that, i don't like this you, you know, know smoking cigarettes too like Oh yeah. So dumb, dude. Like a, so dumb. I don't know if you can see, but on my arm right there. Oh so yeah, that's a freak dude. No, I never did none of that dumb shit. I wasn't like yeah. <laughs> I had so buddies if anyone <laughs> who's not, I burned cigarettes on my arm as a party trick. So yeah, so dumb. Dude, I had so stupid. putting them out on their tongues, you know. My so party, stupid. My dumb party trick was just smoking them, dude. Like and that's the thing dude because like i didn't i didn't know you know like i mean i knew and, better but i you know i'm in college and like what are we doing we're studying all night long like we're at the coffee shop everyone's smoking cigarettes and i'm like okay and like and, and like you party in and like what is everyone doing everyone's smoking cigarettes you know and like this is like pre-jewel days you know and so like everyone like dude I yeah i just smoke cigarettes and 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 I don't know how I smoked cigarettes. I'm about to beat these dogs, dude. <laughs> and, you know, with an addictive personality, if anyone who's listening, uh, it, it could be translated into any which way. Yeah, it could be so. translated into good. It could be translated into substance. 
It could be yep. translated into physical, which now I think both of us have translated the addictive personality into a good outlet. But yep. growing up, you don't really have mom and dad. Don't smoke was like, I'm going to smoke, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So yeah. you don't have mentors. I mean, the only mentors you have in college are your friends. And if your friends did something, you were going to do it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like it's just kind of you just follow the crowd in a way. And especially with full throttle, you're going to go. Yeah, man. It's just like we, you, you, um, like, obviously we get scared of things, you know, but like everyone has that like door, you know, or that switch that they like, you either open or you close it. And I feel like the, 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 the life that you live, you know, doing the stuff that, that we did, like, it's just easier, like to flip that switch or to, like, let that door open just to kind of see, you know, like, and really, like, I think it also boils down to like, just being really curious as well, too, you know, like, mm-hmm. for me, like, I didn't do like, I, I was so like, sheltered away from all that stuff. And then like, and then yeah, like once once you get around it, and then obviously not having a an an outlet, you know, and then and then obviously also having, you know, I mean, I've got addiction on my dad, on my mom, my you know, my both my mom and my dad's side, you know, like um, dad struggles with it, like you know, he's had his brothers struggle with it, my grandparents, you know, his grandparents or his his parents, you know, my grandparents, like. I used to think my grandfather had um, Parkinson's, right? That's that's yeah, when you yeah. when you kind of so shake the hands, shake all the time. So I used to think as a child, I used to think he had Parkinson's, but and then I'll, then he would get his gin, you know, or he's, he'd get his, his Chardonnay at like nine thirty, ten a.m., you know, and then like all of a sudden that shake would stop, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then obviously you get a little older, and I'm like, okay, okay, you know, but you you become desensitized to it you know to a degree I will say like my I was I was almost raised like in a split household but my parents were together just on how they parented so like my mom was like super strict like we went to church like you know put me through catholic school like super super strict um wanted me to just be a good human definitely did have a tighter leash around me you know um where my dad was, it was the wild, wild west. Like we would travel across the country. I would check in with my dad periodically throughout the weekend at a race in the middle of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like he would obviously help, uh, like, you know, with food and stuff, but a lot of it I'm fending for myself. Yeah. I mean, all the resources, not like I was struggling by any means, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I'm on my own. Like, and it was what I wanted. I was like, shit, dude, I get to do whatever I want now, you know? And it's like, it was just like two different ways to be parented, which like created this like really wild, like split half in my brain, you know, as I've kind of gotten older, um, which is, which is kind of interesting. And like to explain and- that half, is it like one side is very kind of um, organized you need routine, you have, you know, goals in life that are important. And then the other half's kind of like, whoa, all right, let's go do this. And let's just kind of yeah. open, open yeah. freely to kind of travel as you will. Right. That's like, exactly it, dude. That's exactly it. My dad is a drifter. My dad is a nomad. Like my dad is like, 
is just floating. You know what I'm saying? And my mom is, is, is not my mom. It's very grounded. Wake up, make the bed, brush your teeth, take a shower. Yep. <laughs> yep. Check, check the boxes, um, that sort of thing, you know? And so, uh, and, 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 and my mom doesn't touch alcohol. My mom doesn't touch a single substance. Like she never, she never has like she, you know, and, and, and then where my dad is the complete opposite end of that spectrum. And so I have that like relax and just chill, whatever side, you know, about say booze, you know, like having a drink or having a beer, you know, one beer a day, or, you know, like a couple beers a week, like, you know, like, yeah, whatever. And then I have, you know, my, the other half where it's like, yo, dude, like you, you, you can't have any of that stuff really, you know, like, I mean, just from, just from how you were raised or what I've seen, you know what I'm saying? And how, you know, what kind of personality that I have, you know? And so, yeah, like, um, I do like, as of right now, like I maybe have a beer, like, or a, a drink of alcohol very periodically last year in January, I, I just quit altogether for a long time. I think I had a beer after sea otter because mm -hmm. I, you know, I was so stoked with that performance. And I think I had a beer after sea otter. Um, but, um, you know, and I haven't had one and I don't know how many days, but regardless, like I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm working on, I'm almost there and just like cutting it out completely, you know, and no, I don't have a problem with it by any means, you know what I'm saying? But like, I just, I've seen how destructive it can be, you know, and, and I, I've seen like, uh, how when it gets to a certain point, dude, it, 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 it completely changes a human, you know, like it, if, if, it physically changes their brain chemistry. You know what totally. I'm saying? It's, and so it's, um, it's just, uh, it's, it's gnarly. And so it just makes me hyper, it just makes me really hyper aware to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, which is a good thing and a bad thing because like, um, like my coach tells me or Lauren tells me, I need to not be so hard on myself. And I think a lot of us are, are, are really hard on ourselves. Right. I mean, we're our own worst critic, which you know, to a degree, it can be good, you know, if being hard on yourself is, is keeping you on a, on a good path, um, then that's, then that's good, but it's all about balance too. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, my perspective is just different, dude. My perspective is just, uh, a, a bit different when it comes to that stuff. And did I, uh, and the older I've got, dude, that when I do have a drink, like one beer, dude, I'm, I'm like, I'm not like loose, but I, I just don't like the way it makes me feel anymore. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what, yeah. I just don't dude. Even the last, the last couple of times I've had a drink in the last like month, dude, like I just, uh, it makes my stomach kind of hurt. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, it's, so it's just, uh, but it's cool. It's, um, I actually went to, I went to our, cause I work part-time at the bike shop. I, I work at Criterion Bicycles, one of the, most badass bicycle shops in the country yada 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 save that for a later time um but uh i went to our christmas party and right and and i hang out with a bunch of biker boy everyone you know mostly everyone you know has a good time that kind of thing you know within means or whatever um and i was uh i really just didn't want to drink you know but when i have drank it's always been in that social setting because all of a sudden i'm just like 
I don't want it, you know, but like, what, you know, okay. You know, whatever. It's such a social norm. Such a social norm, you know, and yeah. like, then you have the one and it's like, okay, yeah, obviously it lowers your inhibitions and you're like, yeah, okay, I feel better about this, you know? Um, and so, but I was like, in, internally, I was like, I don't want to drink. I just don't, you know what I'm saying? And so I was like, well, let's, let's, and I had four hours the next day and I was like, all right, well, let's just see if I can stick to my guns here. And it'll be a true test. And I was a, cause I, my concern was, I was like, well, how much does the booze making me this like upbeat, this Jmart stoke, this Jmart like energy that I'm kind of known for? Like, is it, the, you know, in that setting, is it the booze, you know, um, which is dumb because like, obviously I don't drink at all during the day. Like I'm, and I'm, I still have the same energy level. So like I, uh, my perspective was a little skewed, but anyway, so I went there, um, and I'm surrounded by a bunch of rad people that don't force me to drink at all, which is super cool. You know, like I had the bartender, um, make me a mocktail, um, which was rad, like placebo, you know what I'm saying? Like just having totally. and, and tips, tips for you. If you're trying to figure out, or if you're in the same kind of like headspace or wanting to do the same kind of things and stepping away from alcohol, but yet you get tempted in that party scene it's very powerful just having something in your hand and like more powerful than just having water in your hand. You know what I'm saying? Like there's really good mocktail options, do club soda, lime, like freaking ginger a little. Yeah, dude. I mean like, and then, and then like the mind is tricked and you're just sipping on that thing. And then more so like if you do have people that do like pressure you and I'm sure maybe it comes from a good spot. They're just like a friend, like, Oh, come on, dude. Like, let's just have a good time kind of a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and if you don't have anything in your hand, like obviously the, that type of person might push you a little bit harder, but if you've got something in your hand then like, dude, like most of those kind of people aren't going to say shit. They're going to think you're getting just as sauce as they are, you know, kind of a thing. So yeah, totally long story short, like I, I made it the whole time, dude. Like, yeah, I was chilling. Like I, I didn't have a single drip of, uh, of alcohol. I had a couple buddies that, you know, I, I, at the, that work at the shop that we've talked about, like, you know, not doing booze at all. Like, and they're like, well, what do you, what is that? Oh, well, is it working? You know, I'm like, yeah, dude, like I'm chilling, you know? So it was, uh, it, it was, it was cool for me to go through that experience to know, like, obviously it's not the booze that gives me upbeat personality. And then I, I can have that control in that social setting where I am more tempted to partake in an activity that like deep down, I really I don't want to do like, it's, um, it's, you know, one of those things where it's just like an immediate kind of reward kind of a thing. And it's just like, it's just not, it's not worth it, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, and to be honest, dude, like you had, you know, Kyle Trudeau on your, on, on, on your podcast. Episode two. Yeah. And he, man, he totally changed my perspective on yeah. a lot of, you know, just basic, uh, habits, you know, yeah. to make him, the cyclist he is i mean that discipline so it's a lifestyle you know totally. i love i love kyle trudeau to death that kid is a brother i t- yeah another kid i take a bullet for um he lets me come stay uh in tucson with him in january which i'll be there in less than a month uh and so i thoroughly look forward to him just smashing my legs because he's big lifetime guy now you know yep. big, big lifetime yeah he guy. just got into the pre Yep. Yeah. Dude, he Kyle is a, a like Kyle has talent. Kyle has work ethic, but Kyle is is proof of keep 
swinging, you know, like mm-hmm. consistency. Not only that, but you know, circling back to what why I brought up Kyle is 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 the life decisions, you know, like the first Kyle went and st- Kyle came and stayed with me for a couple months in 2019 uh, here in Colorado. I was burnt on XC. Moved here in Colorado, moved to Colorado 2018. I was like, I'm going to be, I immediately be fit. I was like, oh shit, I'm not fit. Altitude sucks. Cross country sucks. So I got a big travel bike. So I was big enduro guy, uh, big, big, big BME guy doing all the enduro racing shit. Kyle was staying with me that summer of 2019. He was, he was very dialed. I don't know if he was full vegan yet. Mm, I don't know. I think he, yeah, I don't think we were doing tofu yet. Uh, 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 Lauren, my wife was able to entice him in glasses of wine, uh, periodically through the week. Uh, you know, uh, very casual. Kyle would have oh yeah. Lot. Lauren is, yeah. I've met her. Yeah. The ones the I've met her, she's very enticing. She'd be like, Come yes, on. of course. Of course. That bubbly personality, Lauren, next thing you know, dude. Uh, but, um, yeah. And, and Kyle is so, Kyle is so funny when he gets, and he gets all bubbly after a glass of vino. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah. And so, uh, but when I went and stayed with Kyle last year, um, in January, it was, I really got, uh, my first taste of like what it truly takes to be one of the top 10 kids, top five kids in the country doing the discipline that we're, we're doing cross country mountain biking. Right. Mm -hmm. And Kyle, um, and and at that point, like I had been working a year with Jason Tullis, who is Kyle's coach as well, too. We share the same coach, uh, uh championship, uh, coaching. I love that group, but, um, I had been getting on the program, you know, um, at that point in time, I hadn't had a drink of alcohol since Christmas. Um, so I was fully committed with that, with that kind of stuff. Uh, diet was, was getting dialed, uh, as well, but then it, the little boxes started needing to be checked, you know, the, the stretching, the, the, the key recovery practices, um, further dialing in nutrition. And then most importantly, the big box, which is sleep, you know, and, uh, and Kyle was dude, a, he's a great, great role model for, for what it takes to do this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like totally Kyle's in bed at eight o'clock. 8.15, 8.30 at the latest. Kyle's up at 5, 5.15, 5.30 at the latest every single morning, whether he's got an hour Rico ride or, you know, he's got a six hour day or whatever, you know, he's up early and every life decision that he, he makes is for the betterment of, of what he, for he, you know, what he wants to do on the bicycle, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and like, dude, once you can, you know, and, and Kyle and I have chatted about it and not, and I'll, and I'll reach out to Kyle and be like, dude, I am feeling dialed. I'm doing this. And he's like, yeah, dude, cause you're checking all the boxes, you know, you're checking all the little boxes. And like, it, uh, it's, it's, it's the little shit that is so easy to write off, you know, the nine hours of sleep, the 20 minutes of stretching, uh, phone rolling every night, you know, like skipping out on the, the sugary, foods and beverages you know other than that like mid-ride coke but uh yeah dude it's um it's it's uh yeah i mean for for me the the bicycle has been an amazing tool for me to work on being the best version of myself would you even say it's like a a spiritual ride as well like the bicycle it's so spiritual man like it's 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 a uh, it's just a it's just a mach- it's a machine it's a it's a tool you know but it's um 
it's so much more than that you know like uh, our society and like we're so we live so far in the future planning and what what we're going to do and what we're going to accomplish or we're so far in the past like what we messed up or what we should have done different or what we did so good that we lose sight of like being so just being present you know and like all the magic happens when you're present you know and like the moto uh the bicycle like are things that uh, allow me to be a hundred percent present you know and that that's stuff and like in in and it's all relative, you know, you can experience that golfing or whatever your thing is, you know, but whatever your thing is that gets your mind to be present, you know, but yeah, dude, it's so Zen. It's so spiritual, you know, um, it gives me a time to, for me to connect with my higher being, you know, and, um, yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's therapy. It's, uh, it's all the things, you know what I'm saying? Like the racing for me right now is a, uh, is a bonus, you know, like the racing is, and this is a concept a perspective that I recently, you know, got my brain on to, to, to shift towards like the racing is just a time for us to showcase like all the hard work we're doing. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what it's for, you know, but it's not the end all be all for me. You know, it's, it's yeah. not like what I hang my hat on at night. You know, it's not what I measure my quality of life by, you know, once again, it's just a time for me to, to swing and, and to, to show how hard I've been working, you know, but, um, using the bike to, to bring me a more peace or to help me work through emotional things, you know, is, is so much more powerful than the racing. And then now for me doing the coaching stuff as well too, like, man, like, I, I, I do some private skills lessons with a couple of rad ladies here in Colorado Springs. Um, they, they just want to be safer, better, uh, more skilled mountain bikers, you know, and, um, seeing them tackle fears or seeing them execute drills or, or get stoked, um, on like doing some maneuver or an obstacle that they at one point in time were timid of or scared of like dude it makes me feel so warm and fuzzy inside you know it, it gives me the same feel as like a um a great race result you know and like that's that's when i started like when i started thinking about the coaching thing is like okay like how can i really make an impact in our sport how can i make an impact in our little world you know what i'm saying because like the racing stuff for us is so selfish, you know, oh, like, dude, so selfish, like, like our ladies, you know, like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how, like, I, yeah, they, they, we are so selfish, you know what I'm saying? And like, but unfortunately to, to, to try and be at this level and to try to do these things you, you do in with anything with, to be in the top 1% of your working accounting of, of, of badminton of, of whatever said thing is like you have to be selfish and you have to make these sacrifices you know and so but but you know what is that contributing to society you know how is that how is that impacting someone's life for the better you know prior to coaching you know I, I i i get messages from people from when i'm just telling my story on my story you know talking about the highs talking about the lows like people are able to pull pieces from that and relate to it 
you know? And so that's really cool. So like, yeah, you, you are, you are, you know, if you're a relatable human during your, your racing chapter, like, yes, you can help, you know, impact people. But for me, like the coaching side of things, dude, is, 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 is putting me at the front, front end of it, you know? And it, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's where it's, it's what my 10 year kind of plan where I see myself, um, you know, moving, uh, kind of forward. I've got, a lot of, I think, uh, uh, still a handful more years of some really rad racing left on tap, you know, at the, the upper end, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, I'm really going to be moving the needle forward with the, um, which the, with the coaching aspect and with, you know, the J Mark collective, uh, uh, brand it, um, yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's, it's allowing me to make a, make a, make a bigger statement in the, in the industry and in the sport. And, 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 and that's rad, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I battled the same thing, um, which equates to Stoke podcast, right? It's like you, you make money, however you make money, and then you ride your bike to race, but there's a lack of, of connection. There's a lack of, uh, fulfillment and purpose. Um, cause the bike is a very lonely thing. It can be, um, spending eight to 13 hours a week, literally on a road or on a trail in the mountains, it could be lonely. And and then when you get home, you spend time with your loved ones and um, there's no really connection to the outside world or, you know, it's not a fulfilling career if you're not helping people, right? Like if you're not giving someone um, something they can actually use to better their lives um, as a cyclist, as a, as yeah, as coming into a professional cycling world, it's lonely. And like, it's Mm -hmm. super cool that you're, you're pursuing other alternatives that can still lead your love for the bike, but you can give it to other people as well. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, cause at the end of the day, dude, chasing passions is what makes me happy. Um, having control of my time makes me happy obviously like I I have the perspective from making a lot of money, you know, like with the help of my grandfather, like, and I, I I mean, I paid off a lot of student loan debt, you know, like I bought a really nice truck, you know, like I had way more money back then that I, that I do now, you know? Um, but, but my, once again, my happiness is through the roof, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, and obviously like, I, I live a very comfortable life and, um, I'm, I'm very well off by any means. And, if my wife and I need something like we, we have the ability to, to get it. Um, shout out to Lauren. Uh, she is, um, uh, one of the most, not the most talented human I've ever met in my entire life. Um, she's a very successful hairstylist and what she does with her tools, with her shears, with her paintbrush, um, with her coloring bowl, like is what I dream to do with the bicycle, right? You know, she's chasing her passion. It just so, it just it just happens to line up with a very lucrative career, you know. And I feel like that's something we can all um, aspire to aspire to have. But yeah, dude, like I, um, I'm just way, I'm I'm way happier trying to figure out a way to share my enthusiasm, share my energy, share my story, share my knowledge. You know, when it comes to uh, comes to the two wheel stuff, you know, and and. If I'm able to 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 make enough money to to live, you know, comfortably, then like, dude, that's that's all that's all I need. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah, we're happily. still, you know, it's like also live happily. 
Yeah, exactly. But who gives a shit? I mean, if you're making a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year, and you got debt and fucking car payments and house payments yeah. and wanting more and more and more, you're not making yeah. shit. You're not happy. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's all in perspective. It's about what what's truly wealth is measured on a whole nother level than currency. You uh, know? Yeah. Yeah. Like the the love, the compassion, the the gratitude you have every day when you wake up to have a purpose to get on two wheels, to train your physical body and your mind, and then to have conversation or uh, God, whatever it could be. I mean, teach math, like, or, you know, whatever that, whatever your purpose is to make people better or to share a story or whatever. But um, what's your, like, what's the goal for Stokehouse? Um, and it's funny that you're using Stokehouse, dude. Cause it's like, <laughs> two peas in a yeah. pot I swear, two I swear. Peas in a pod, dude. that's so yeah. funny lauren 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 helped me with that so like i was like just trying to think of names because like dude the guys at the bike shop everyone which is like it's it's um i'm gonna i'm gonna i've got a hydrating i'm gonna pee real quick before i get onto that note real quick Stand yeah, by. yeah 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 Go, going on a pee break um and it is so crazy thinking about um just ways we can make a difference in the world and even if they pay or they don't pay um you know i think what matters is actually how how it makes you feel um the things that you do every day if you feel full when you go to bed you're doing something right and if you feel empty or lost or um uncertain um change because the only constant that we have in life is the consistency of absolute change and the world is always changing your life will always be changing and the one constant you will have is change so just adapt and if you don't if it doesn't feel good change I just went on a little rant while you peed. Nice. Got back down to race weight. Um, <laughs> um, uh, uh, yes, dude. So Stokehouse, how did it, how did we get on Stokehouse? Um, the guys at the shop or a lot of humans that I come in, they're like, dude, you have a, you have a lot of stoke, you know, you have a lot of like upbeat energy, which, which I do, dude. I'm, I, I am, I'm kind of hyperactive, like a um, little bit of ADHD, maybe, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, uh, have a lot of energy. So I was just like, Lauren, how can I, how can I package the stoke, you know? And, and she fired off stoke house coaching. And then I threw in the house, like spelling it German house, just like something a little like different, just to kind of like, uh, draw or whatever. But, um, yeah. And then it, uh, it just, the more I chewed on it, you know, and then when I came up with the mission statement, you know, the more it all made sense and, the more it fit. And once they, once they kind of started getting some feedback from, from people kind of close to me, they're like, Oh yeah, that, that makes, that makes total sense, you know? So um, yeah, two months ago, I guess it was uh, yeah. Stokehouse coaching was born. That's awesome. Yeah. That's funny. Cause I was coming up with podcast names. I was telling you this on the cell phone the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Stoke wasn't even, wasn't even at the forefront. And this is before I even saw what you were doing. Yeah, and I was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. I was like, God, dude, like what encapsulates this podcast? Like what, 
it's, I want, I want to talk to cyclists. I want to talk to ultra endurance athletes. I want to talk to people who are just getting gritty and I want to talk to people who get stoked because everything that we do is about stoke. I mean, if you didn't ride your bike, you know, the reason you ride your bikes, cause it brings some stoke. Dude, and, and the world needs more stoke, dude. So many humans are so mad all the time and just so, it's like, and such in a rush and so, uh, and so aggro, dude, like the world needs more stoke. Like it just, um, dude, and you got to put it into perspective for sure. You literally one day came to consciousness as a little kid playing mm-hmm. in sand mm-hmm. on a ball floating right. in outer space right. with another ball that's warm. Yep. Yep. Dude, you got water, you got this perfect balance of gravity and a body that can move throughout this space that we have mm-hmm. and the ability, dude, it's the sickest thing in the world. Yet yeah, okay. you wake up every day pissed off. Like this is a gift, you uh-huh. know, this is a full gift. The chances of you being where you are right now is like one. And I don't even know what's past yeah. a trillion quadrillion one in right. quadrillionth of a trillionth. Dude, it's it's like the chances of this is crazy, and yet we don't cherish it. Right. We fucking get pissed. We get sad, which is also sick. Mm-hmm. The fact that we can have these dope emotions mm-hmm. and feel. It, it, I can go on a rant yeah. about how dope life is, but um, but yeah, man, I agree. People need to have more stoke. Yep. Yep. So 100%. it's been cool. So it's uh it's grown organically. Um, I'm, I've got four athletes that I'm coaching on a monthly basis. And then I've got two, like I said, two ladies that I'm doing some private skill stuff with. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't, you know, cause I'm still working part-time at the bicycle shop, you know? And so I didn't, um, I didn't want to be super pushy. I didn't want to be super salesy, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I wanted the, I wanted the brand and I wanted the business to just kind of grow naturally. Um, Obviously, as I get into the new year, I'll be I'll be ramping up um, that side of my life a bit more, you know. Um, but 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 yeah, for for right now, like for the last two months, we've we uh, we got the website dialed, um, stokehousecoaching.com, uh, H-A-U-S, uh, um, coaching.com. Brian Chapel, who's one of my uh, really really great best friends from the bike shop is our service manager at the bike shop. He is a bitchin photographer as well, too. Um, he is one of the photographers that has helped, you know, turn all like essentially take my content, take my Instagram posts and all my social media stuff to the, to the next level as of lately. Um, he helped design my website and he absolutely crushed it. Um, so hit him up if you need any any help developing your website. But uh, but yeah, man, it's um, it's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun. Um, I think what's gonna be really cool is when I'm down in t- Tucson, like for that block of period where I'm just training and I'm just doing the coaching thing, you know, and like I'll have all I'll have way more bandwidth to just m- focus on moving the coaching business forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to give me a real good taste of what my life would really, would truly be like with that was the only thing I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I love being at the bike shop and I don't see myself leaving the bike shop by any means for any time soon. Um, Nick Ponser is a mentor is really turned into a, I mean, yeah, I don't think he likes me saying this cause he just turned 44, but he has turned into a father figure to me. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just been a mentor. 
he's been with me through some life events, you know, that, you know, yeah, you know, that, that, yeah. So he's just become family. And so I, um, I don't see myself leaving the bike shop any, anytime soon, although it would be cool to slowly roll back some hours there, um, and, and, and have more mental bandwidth time to do private coaching and to do, to do, to do the Stokehouse stuff, you know? So eventually we'll go full-time Stokehouse, but, uh, in the meantime, like we're doing all things. Like I told Lauren, like, I want to, I want to be really busy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be, continue to be forced into better time management skills, you know? Um, yeah. I, um, and, and just and, have and, a baby. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, yeah. Like you dude. <laughs> like you, like exactly like yeah. you, bro. Like sink or swim is kind of how I work, you know? And so just kind of jumping in and going for it. So yeah, I, I work 32 hours a week at the bike shop. I, um, I train, you know, we train at what is, you know, anywhere from 12, you know, 10 hours, nine hours a week on a recovery week, up to 25 hours a week on a heavy week, you know, granted that changes with the season. Um, and then the coaching stuff as well too, you know, um, yeah, just working on better time, uh, time balance, but being in Tucson is going to give me some good, uh, some good perspective. Hopefully I can continue to move the needle forward with the, with the coaching stuff, but dude, all things, uh, two wheels is moving my soul at the moment, you know, and being at the bike shop is giving me good community involvement. You know, I'm, I'm becoming a face in the community, which is pretty easy with all these, uh, all this stuff all over my skin, you know? So it's, um, you're recognizable for sure. Yeah, It's, it's cool to get to know all types of riders and just humans, you know what I'm saying? And like, I've been in retail my entire life and like, yes, retail sucks. It's terrible, but it's all I've ever known too, you know? And like, it's, it's, it is, it is, it is kind of what I, what I did, you know, but you, um, as, 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 you know, as couple, I guess, few, you know, shitty human experiences that you, you come across, you have some really rad, um, you meet some really rad humans as well too. So yeah, man, it's, um, once again, just another avenue for me to, uh, continue to make my presence known in this industry. I feel like the cycling community is massive in Colorado, you know, and, it's huge. Um, and, uh, and yeah, dude, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a uh, it's a wild ride. Um, it's lots of fun. Lauren keeps wanting to talk about kids. I don't know how, when or what that looks like, you know, it doesn't really just kind of shows up. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah it, but it's it's cool, dude. I'm a uh, I'm 31 right now. You know, I turned 32 in uh, in May. And for anyone that's in their mid to late 20s or late 20s, and they're like, "Shit, I'm about to be 30," you know, just like I I went through. Um, dude, the 30s are rad. Like the 30s are gonna be cool. Like you, yeah. you you're if you allow it, your perspective will continue to evolve. And and if you also apply. Like you also, you start to gain more knowledge and experience, you know, and, and it's, um, and then becoming more established and just your life in general, hopefully, um, continuing to move your needle forward career wise or whatever. But yeah, dude, I think the thirties are going to be pretty, uh, pretty, pretty bitching. Totally. Yeah. yeah I'm just turned 26. So I'm on that, like back burner of the twenties, you know, baby, dude. ah, dude, I'm for something. That would be sick. Yeah. Yeah. And I got, about like, I got the studio. Camp. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. 
yeah let's work on uh well let's let's work on that that could be uh that could be really cool but yeah dude super thankful for the opportunity um i i'm so uh so hyped for what you're doing um i think it's going to be super successful uh just just uh telling stories and and giving um giving 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 things uh giving something for another human to to relate to um and help inspire um is is really cool um thanks man yeah you can uh follow the follow the the jmart story at uh, jmart bikes jmart underscore bikes on instagram um i'm sure uh you'll put some of the links in the uh in the oh, bio dude, down there all links will be in the show notes for sure but yeah um, coaching um if you if you want to chat about uh, the coaching programs that I offer or private skill stuff um, as well and uh, and and yeah always feel free to us uh, to to hit me up message wise if you're want to chat about anything we we chatted about you know mental health dealing with addiction uh, finding an outlet you know all all those things like I'm here to to listen to your story and and give you my 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 perspective and my experience in hopes that it will help. Uh, you know, uh, make, make you make your life or quality of life a little bit better, you know? So, yeah, that's beautiful. And, um, can they, can you talk to clients virtually too? So let's just say they're not in Colorado Springs. Um, do you have the, that outlet to, Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I coach one, I have one athlete here on the front range in Colorado Springs, Seth Hurley, watch out for him next year. She's going to be a time trial crit, just smasher. Also, yeah. I'm also building him up fat motor for the gravel stuff so um i need someone to pull me for the first like 100 miles of these 200 mile gravel races you know? i see i see your strategy sorry, with the coaching seth, sorry seth no i'm kidding um so seth here is local but i uh, coach an enduro uh athlete uh based out of fayetteville arkansas um i've got another athlete julian on the front range i think in the golden area and then I'm also coaching a um, a moto guy, um, uh, Blair, uh, giving him a off the off the moto uh, structure program uh, for him, and he's based out of of Texas. So, um, yeah, man, I'm 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 helping you know aspire to help athletes uh, or just you know humans in general across the across the globe. So everywhere. Okay, that's good to know. That way, you know, wherever you are listening to this, and you're interested in, you know giving stoke house a look and if you're looking for a mentor or um structure and a training plan anything like that that's a good thing that you know yeah and whether you're, you're a racer or you're just looking to lose some weight or you know you're just looking to smash your local group ride or get on your strava leaderboard i'm working on some preset programs like four to six week programs that i'll have on the website that you can just buy um, you know, hands-free from me in the sense that like, um, it's not the same kind of like daily coaching plans that I offer, you know, but if you're looking for just a four to six week, like, Hey, new year, new me, um, October, January or whatever it is, you know, and like, uh, I'll, I'll be able to, uh, I'll have a plan that you can just purchase. Like I said, for a four to six week program, you do the work, um, kind of a thing, you know? So, uh, but yeah, no discrimination at all. You know, you don't have to be a racer. Um, Am I, am I the best fit for a pro athlete like myself? I don't, you know, maybe, you know, but I don't, I don't know, you know, like right now I kind of aspire to help, you know, um, your, your recreational racer, you know, just your, 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 your regular human. Obviously if you're an elite level athlete and you dig my personality and you, you, you dig what I bring to the table, then let's do, let's work together. And, and, and I'm all about it, you know, but, um, 
us pro we're, we're high maintenance you know a lot of a lot of dude work, i'm so know? high maintenance man i'm gonna have you write me my morning <laughs> yeah, yeah. routine my coffee how many cups yep. of coffee can i have how yep. many ounces of water i'll be yep. drinking yeah so ask, i'll be talking ask, to you yeah ask jason hey i, I wrote a, am I, can i ride at 0.72 if instead of 0.69 if you know or like whatever <laughs> Whatever it is, you know, yeah. or, or just like, you know, you know, the coach athlete relationship is really, really rad. Like uh, I, I lean on Jason on my coach, you know, more than just the cycling stuff, you know, Jason yeah. knows what I go through on a day-to-day level. And um, because a good coach takes those factors into account and doesn't just like chew up and spit out a set plan one i mean a you know a standardized kind of plan here you go on to the next one kind of a thing you know and so yeah um it's really important to have that that good working relationship uh, that fluid relationship with with your coach or with your athlete and kyle was talking really good things about jason how he really works with you and i think a lot of coaches are the same way it's just like kind of finding what's what the athlete needs at the certain time of the week or if it's a rest day and it's supposed to be a three-hour training block to mm-hmm. really take that into account if the body's wanting to rest we'll, yep. we'll switch that over so yeah and jason's um, really good about not giving you like he's so even keeled like super mellow he does he's not that kind of guy that gives you a bunch of pats on excuse me pats on the backs and he's not the bunch of uh, the kind of guy that just like bangs you over the head with a stick you know it's yeah. you know, it's all about it's all about balance but yeah, man. Once again, really stoked to be on the Stoke podcast. Woo! Um, I look forward to towing the line with you come race season. Dude, um, get ready, man. I got dad strength. I, dude, you do. The dad watts hit different. I already know. Dude, I literally, I did an FTP. Uh, I saw that. After my freaking baby. And I was like, dude, I haven't been training and I'm throwing watts. I think I've never hit before. You're getting close to that five watt per kilo. Uh, uh, I'm just a heavy boy, man. Like that's a sick boy. Yeah, dude. I'm 175, 180. So need to get you into some of this gravel shit, dude. I, I have, I've, I've been dabbling. I've done one, two, two gravel races. I want to do more. I'm so about it. It's so uh, about it. Different. It's definitely different. That's for sure. Yeah, I got the gravel bikes, dude. I got my, I got my little trainer, dude, just chilling right there, waiting for me. Oh yeah, I've been seeing you hopping on the turbo. Gotta hate it. Yeah. But, hey, it's fine. Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. Get the work done. But hey, dude, guys, stay stoked. Justin Martin, so good to talk to you, and we'll stay on. I'll just end the recording, and but cool. everyone out there listening, like seriously, stay stoked keep loving what you're doing. Wake up every day with a smile on your face. And if you're not smiling, scream to the top of your lungs. It's going to be a good day. Damn right. Peace. Bye.